0: Hey, detailers. Podcast sponsor Joe here from Autofiber Australia. As pro detailers, we are all about using the highest quality products for our customers when it comes to compounds, chemicals, and ceramic coatings. But what about microfiber? Are you using cheap towels that get used once and then tossed into the bin? You need to try out our amazing Autofiber range of microfiber. Seriously, it is the best stuff going around. Use our exclusive podcast code 15 DDUP and get 15% off when you purchase any of our premium Korean or Chinese-made microfiber. We have a
1: wide range of products that are tailor-made to last a long haul so you get the best value for money and your customers will appreciate it. Go to autofiber.com.au or find
0: us on Instagram to make your purchase and check out our range. Now, back to the podcast. Hey guys, Daily. Before we kick off today's episode, I'd like to mention that this will be our last for the year for 2023 but uh we'll be back bigger and better in 2024 so our first step back next year is 6th of february so we will take a break and uh, as much as most details do in this industry i know some will keep working but yeah we'll um have a bit of rest and we'll um, get pumped for 2024 in the meantime so i've uh, got some great episodes already in line for next year so it's a lot of of different stuff and some good um, product companies as well looking to come on so and i'm uh, more than happy to have them as well which is really good so so yeah other than that i can't thank everyone enough for this year it's been really good it's been um another good year another second year it's been really good um and can't thank um, our guests enough for making the time and effort for coming on as well so hasn't been easy trying to align times and stuff, but um, we're getting better at it. And um, the quality keeps coming every fortnight, which is really good. Uh, also, we can't thank enough our supporters of Orbit, auto fiber, uh, sleek space, and mirror finish detail as well. So um, yeah, anyone else looking to support us? Happy to reach out to me. Um, that'd be cool, but yeah, we've got some pretty good ones and uh, follow the links in our descriptions as well if you want to uh, help them out as well. So yeah, other than that, we'll, uh, we'll get into the today's episode. And um, yeah, thanks for everyone listening and their support and their messages. Um, it's been really good seeing other people starting out looking to um, listing and gaining some knowledge from what we do here, which is even better. So it's good that everyone's getting something out of it. And it's bringing our industry together more so yeah enjoy this one today it was an absolute awesome one to um to have and uh, to record it was pretty funny so uh never a dull moment in this episode so but yeah merry christmas everyone and happy new year and we'll check back in in 2024 welcome to the detailing down under podcast the place for everything auto detailing in australia right now here's your host dale guthrie G'day and welcome to the Detain Down Under Podcast. I'm your host, Dale Guthrie. So we're back into it. Uh, I would say this is our last episode for the year and I will say right now that we're going to head out with a bang this year. So um, this guy is uh, very popular in our industry and uh, if you don't know already, he's already been announced today. So we're on a Friday, Arvo, and uh, he's been announced as Tycoon of the Year. So i uh, without further ado i'll introduce you to mr bill baker from the detail market and i will say 14 barrier road Tullamarine.
1: marine hey Dale, how are you <laughs> thanks for having me <laughs> how's it going I've never heard that before i thought oh, i'd throw that in for you, you always yeah, throw it yeah. in i'm like i gotta get definitely the... you definitely sound like you've done that before <laughs>
0: <laughs> nearly plenty of times but um yeah so uh it's pretty awesome to have you on after today's announcement so thank you it's a, it's a
1: pretty cool to be recognised like that yeah 100% i feel i'm ecstatic it hasn't settled in or sunk in yet so i think when i go home today after the phone calls and congratulations and the people visiting and obviously the interview with you and a few other guys once i go home and I kick back and relax and go damn look what happened today <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah cuz i you sort of had a bit of a tip off with me and um Yeah, that was pretty good. And then to have it announced today and be on tonight at El it's even better. So um, I think
1: it's awesome. Yeah. I was actually quite surprised it was dropped today. It was meant to be dropped on Sunday, the 10th um, of December. So uh, I got got the tip off earlier and I thought, okay, I'll get things ready for maybe next week before I leave, get everything started on a Monday and off I go to Thailand. And then um, this morning around uh, four o'clock, I get a wake up from my son. He actually woke up before he must have had notifications on. Just come in the bedrooms. Like, dad, Dad, look, 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 look at this, look at this. I'm like, Oh, huh, oh yeah. I was actually surprised he got that live or the um the drop on it. And um so I woke up with a bit of a smile on my face and, and thought, Today's a new day, let's go, see what happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and it, was, it was actually a good write up. I don't know a huge amount about that magazine, but they um that write up they done, that, that was um I read all that this morning. That was pretty interesting. It's a pretty cool story. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was almost nearly uh, a three-hour interview. Yeah, so right. correspondence here and there, and then um, obviously, as you read, there was a we had a little bit of an accident, and yeah. they called up and they said, "Hey, you know, I'm glad you're all right and everything and stuff like that." And had a chat with them. They said, you don't mind us writing up that in there because it's we still haven't technically finished the interviews." I said, "Yeah, go for it," and um, and there it is.
0: Not very good. It was,
1: it's it's a good look. I had I had to read through it, and obviously, you know. Word for word for what I said, they actually um, put it all in there. It was fun to go back back in time, to go back in time to where it all started. And, you know, I had, and I got the same smirk on my face I did when I actually was talking to them. I thought I could do I could do so much. I mean, I mean, I said so much, but going back that far and being where we are now, it is it's, it's the journey. Not you know your destination is going to end eventually because you're there, but we're, you know, having the fun time getting there, you know, making friends, losing friends, business relationships, you know, they, nothing's ever, nothing's ever peachy. And, and I just gave it my all. I didn't, um, And I mean, the accident had something to do with as well. Uh, like when they called back again and I said, I changed a few things and I went back to some questions and I thought, you know what? Um, after the incident, I thought, let's be realistic here. Can I change this? Can I change that? Because nothing's been you know, officially proofed in there. So just go for it and I did and I reworded everything and I felt like I got so much off my chest and, um, yeah, it feels good reading it and (laughs) going, I said that, (laughs) I said that, (laughs) it was good.
0: And for me, to be honest, probably a few months ago, I didn't know a huge amount about you either. And then to read all that story, I was like pretty blown away and I'm like, far out, I'm going to talk to this bloke tonight. And I'm like. This is massive. And then Maddie Gibb done a bit of post on you today. And I like I knew a bit from Maddie about you. So that was really good. And then all your TikTok stuff. Um, as much as I only just got on the other day, but the stuff that you post to Facebook and Insta. So yeah, it's very
1: cool. So yeah. Great it's Very very interesting and very raw. Mm. Yeah. That's
0: that's how it should be too. No, no hundred
1: percent.
0: And that's um what I've seen in some of the other things is is your no bullshit, so it's that's good. That's what I like.
1: Yeah, I don't I praise myself as a person who doesn't make mistakes or um, thinks I know everything. Sometimes I'll say something to you and you say something otherwise, and I'm like, nah, it's not it. And then you show me, and I'll go, oh, geez. And I'll take it. And then I get very intrigued and get into it, not like, oh, no, no, that just worked for you. I, you know, I, don't, I never want to be the smartest person in the room. That's it. Mm-hmm. But um, will I say, am I up there? Yeah, we are. But I always look down to make sure everybody comes along with me. It's, there's enough cars in the world for everyone to get a piece of it. That's it.
0: Hundred percent. I'm always saying that there's enough cars for everyone. So all this competition and BS. It's yeah, it shouldn't be on. But anyway, that's the industry we're in.
1: Hundred percent. Hundred percent.
0: So just a little bit back from uh, I know if people probably do read um, the write up like the car wash scene that sort of got you into it. Pretty sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, um, what got me into it? Obviously, when I was in high school, that was quite interesting. Mm. Do you want to hear the story? I read. read it, what,
0: I read it, but that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. Cause,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. It was alright too, but like you know, being embarrassed actually standing up in front of the whole school, not the class, the whole school, and um, me being a person that I was really cocky at school, very, very confident, very. Uh, I used to get bullied too, don't get me wrong, but that's what my clown, me being a clown, sort of, you know, kept me in everyone's good book, so I wouldn't have to get bullied into corners and bashed and stuff like that. So anyway, you know, I talk like that to my father, no chance, he'll look at me, I'll just shit <laughs> my pants. So um, standing up and saying, no, nah, you know, I did the right thing. I thought work experience, you meant to get sacked, so I got sacked. So obviously I learned a lesson now, not to talk back to your boss like that and, and that's how it is and, um, you know, being a sheltered person back in the day, because I obviously grew up in Sydney, mm. you now Sydney back in the eighties, and you know, and um, I didn't make it nineties in Sydney, back in the eighties, and it was a bit rough, you know. Being a Middle Eastern appearance, yeah. Uh, so, um, work experience, and back then, your parents and everyone else at school, it was bang, leave school trades, leave school trades, and I didn't want to, didn't want to trade, I wanted to be something different. Mm. So when I told my dad I wanted to get into computers, he's like, "What's a computer?" Because obviously the evolution of computer started. So, you know, it you're wasting your time. Anyway, as I said, through the magazine, going into IT and stuff like that, i ventured into it and just, like I said, I come across a car wash. I enjoyed washing dad's car, but I come across a car wash. And I think the rest is history really, helping mm-hmm. them out and just being good at something that I did before. And, you know, I kind of felt good. Helped the, helped the guy out. And then as we got employed by him, helped his business grow. And thought, you know what, I'm not the type of guy to put all my, you know, all my effort in someone else's business. So we offered to purchase it and we did. And um, obviously, you know, my new beginning was his end, pretty much. He's had enough of it. He did it, you know. So how long can he go and do it for? So ever since then, uh, it just all changed. But it was very hard for us back then. It was very, very hard. <clears throat> you know, it was just four buckets and a sponge and, a, and um and a hose. To be really honest with you, there was no pressure washer, or well, there was pressure washers, but that was like two thousand dollars. Mm. There were big, big units, as you know. Mm. There were massive units. And then, you know, having the money um, to set up a car wash to make it better, and then to to bring people in. Oh, what a car wash? What's this thing? Okay, I've heard of car washes, but you got a bunch of kids washing the car. You know, like it was really hard. Now I struggled to even pay rent sometimes. But I just kept pursuing it because I'm a person who never gave up because I just believed and felt that it had to keep going. You can't, and you know, my, you know, I didn't want my dad to say I was a failure. So, like, geez. But he said, What are you giving up IT for? So, I'm not. I'm just going to have you and my brother there. You guys can run it for a little bit. I'm not washing cars. Anyway, he liked it. He enjoyed it and started moving on. And I thought, I could make more money doing this than being in IT because every Tom, Dick, Larry, and um, Deep wants to become an IT engineer. So, and here we are again. Here we are today. Yeah. Evolution. Uh,
0: absolutely. How does um <clears throat> how does obviously the I think you said in the write up about you bought in like the waiting lounge or the the coffee shop part of indie um indie business as well. You were probably one of the first in Melbourne at the No, time,
1: right? we weren't actually we had another person doing it. a lot of people did do it. Um but on our side of town we were the first. Then everyone started doing it. But it wasn't actually a coffee lounge. It was just pretty much a, a coffee machine that cost us $7,000. <laughs> that was crazy. We didn't have the money for that. So we just got it just to say, you know, a you cup of coffee while you wait. And um, to be really really honest with you, we realized that we drove past some car washers and people were sitting there reading a magazine, having a cigarette or having a coffee. I'm like, hey, what's going on here? They fooled. We're not. No one wanted to have coffee with us. They wanted to get in and get out. And I think it worked out to be we were on the main road. So the main road was Bell Street, so it was busy. We've constantly got 80,000 cars a day going past that, which is really good, but it's like a bypass to me um, here in, uh, in the northern suburbs. All the other cafes were in the eastern suburbs or closer to the city or in the outskirts where people obviously wanted to sort of get their cars washed because they had nowhere else to go. Um, did I did uh, make money from that? Not at all. We lost a lot of money, but it was something that... We challenged ourselves that if everyone's doing it, and that's what they want, we did it. And obviously this the research and development happened from there. We started asking their customers what you guys want. You know? So to buy a coffee and and sit down and wait. Okay. You know, back then they weren't even in their phones because phones weren't mm-hmm. like these these are today. So they had the paper. And I said to my brother who was with me. I go, No one's buying coffee. What a waste of money. So we ended up paying for a coffee machine we never used. We then we had started setting up, you know, other car washes with coffee machines, but it was more or less free drink, free coffee, just wash their car. And they were, then people started having a love for their cars and wanted to wash And We noticed that everybody liked washing their cars before weddings, before funerals, uh, before birthdays, and um, that's all they really cared about having a clean car. So, forget the cafe, finished. <laughs> just focused on. That's that's when I realized that when people ask me now, what do we need for a car wash? And I say, stay away from the car washes. You're dealing with 99.99% of drive-through customers who'll come, break your chops, ruin you on Google, and they keep driving. That's it. So find a niche market where, um, you know, something that you do that people appreciate and, um, you know, you enjoy it as well. Well, I used to enjoy washing cars, meet new people, new customers, but if I want to get onto a rant about car washes, Oh my goodness. The amount of complaints that we got and what they complained about. You couldn't even get a dollar out of them extra, but yet they can get, I'll oh, fix this for me and fix that for me, which made my blood boil. Mm. Like I got like overwhelmed where I couldn't even ask him, what's going to cost you more? More? What do you mean more? It was almost every customer's like a head to head, you know, going toe to toe with Tyson. <laughs> like settle down, mate. Like, you know, and because it's easy for me to do, I found it really hard to charge them because mm. it's a service that we, we deliver. I mean, like to clean your car, it's not hard. So what someone else can do in one hour, I'll probably do in 10 minutes. So I kind of do it for free anyway, where others started charging for that and they're getting money for it. So I thought, oh, I hate this car wash thing now. Oh, I've had enough of it. And I just held on to it for a little bit and then we got our breaks with the dealership. So I came up with a new invention. Um, while we we're doing dealership cars, they had their own detailers, they were getting one or two cars or new cars done in a day. So we thought, okay. They said to me, Can you do some new cars for us? Because we've got a new batch coming through running behind in the month. Yep, no worries. So we did 10 cars in just under an hour with about five or six people. Excuse me. And he goes, Spoke to the the manager. Goes, uh, can you do some more for me tomorrow? So yeah, we can do it for you tomorrow. We did him. It was all done. We got paid for it. Then I had a great idea. I thought, if I might get some people in there, all I wanted was a PowerPoint, a tap, and somewhere to work. The rest is on me. So I went in and had a chat with him. He's like, oh, okay. I've never heard anyone do that for you know before. This was back in late nineties. Yeah. Uh, he thought of it, I thought of it. I said, look, it doesn't cost you work cover, work saver, our insurances, we'll pay for damages, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. There's 10 cars that get done, we'll get more people. If there's one car, there'll be less people. Because we had the car wash and it was a rainy day, it was perfect. On a rainy day, no work for us, plenty of work over the dealership. And then, that was a good plan, kicked off. And it was like me, just basically um, money growing on trees. That's when we had control of it because it was new and we invented it to the, to the dealership and we created it. We didn't did invent it. Other people were doing it here and there. But having that opportunity to go in there and develop was more like, okay, you're these it is their cars, it's their customers, but we have to deliver. And we did. So I went home and I went, I don't have to sell cars. The, manage- the uh, salespeople sell the cars. The managers make sure they sell the cars. The pre-delivery manager makes sure the cars are ready to get cleaned. Us detailers make sure the cars get ready for the customer. So the big bosses don't worry about us. They worry about the managers to tell their car, car salespeople, sell more cars. So the more promotions they got, the more cars they sold, and that's it. We're just at the bottom of the ladder, as I said. But stay there. It's good. Because when when you go, when you go when you're climbing and money's falling on you, stay where you are. Don't move. If the money's coming in, don't move it's like a fishing spot.
0: It's good. Uh, good advice for, for any young ones out there. Go <laughs> yeah.
1: to a dealership. But these <laughs> days dealerships don't even pay anything. Don't even get me started on that.
0: I was going to get to that. Cause I was going to go, it's quite funny how it's gone full circle. You're in the dealerships, car washes, and then now you detail yourself and then we see all your rants about dealerships. So it's, it's quite fun.
1: Yeah, that's, um. When I hear the word dealership, I got asked today by a dealership. To be honest with you, come in when you come back in the early year. We'll have a discussion. We'll have a chat. We'll see what we can work out and give you what you want. But so I don't want anything. Mm. I go from what I earned behind me, from what I've delivered on TikTok, from what everyone knows. That's just basically doing a full three hundred and sixty and going back against my word. Doesn't matter how much money you pay me. Mm. Your, the dealership will never pay the money that is well deserved to everybody else, not just me it's not the money factor. It was the, you literally are carrying the dealership on your shoulders because I built it to a point where the salesperson and the customer saw the car together. There was no previous inspections and salespeople are to blame for what happens at the dealerships for myself and fathers as well, where they tend to like salespeople go to a car and say, they, they, It's like they're detailers. They think they're detailers. They find <laughs> everything on the car. You know, there's uh, one particular person. I'm not going to mention his name, but one of working for him, he just used to push, 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 push. And I used to deliver. So do I give him any recognition? Not really. It made me a better detailer to a point where if anyone comes to me and says that wasn't there before the wash, I say, yes, it was. That's been today. Someone goes to me on the car on a Mercedes. They go, oh, someone's opened the door and hit my car. I said, no, you did that. Cow. I've opened the door. I said, "You've chipped the two sides of the door, and you know, you know the door has an inner lip." Mm. So you've scratched that. She's like, "Oh!" I looked at it and I went, "There, you just straight away blame someone else." Yeah. Until you know, because you can, because the door's closed and you've looked at it and gone, "Damn!" As soon as you open the door, it's inside, so the car can't hit the inside of the car. So, um, like, we used to take off a scratch on a car. And if we couldn't get it off, the car will go to the panel shop and they'll charge $350, $400 bucks to get it fixed back then.
0: Mm.
1: But I never got any extra money for taking it off. <laughs> so I said, well, if you're happy and comfortable paying 350 to get taken out by, by a panel shop, do it. So I stopped doing it. You can't do that. You work for us. No, I don't. I don't work for free. So basically, it was just a flat rate on these cars. But anyway, um, going back to the dealerships, the way they used to sort of um, price increases, income, like, we didn't change our prices. Have a guess how long our prices stayed the same for. For when you were working for the dealership? Until when I left. We left in 21. Is it? Yeah, 2020 or no, 2020, 2021. Guess how much the price per car stayed from the day we went in there in 2003.
0: Yeah, over 10 years.
1: A new car. How much? Yeah. What do you think our new car costs to get it washed, dried, windows, vacuumed, tire, shine and polished? Oh. From when we first started to 2021?
0: Probably 150. No, nah, probably not even that.
1: Exactly right. So in 20 years, our prices never went up. Because every time we put our prices up, they will say stuff like, they will go, well, you can't put the prices up. If you do, we have to go out to tender. Mm. See the, the narcissistic... Yep, And you kind of didn't want to stir that part and they knew what they were doing. So I thought to myself, okay, you want to play that game? Let's play that game. Back in 1995, we were doing full details for $150 retail, 130 so $170 retail and $110 for dealerships. <laughs> we left. We left the dealership just a few weeks back, maybe a month ago. $170. Far out. That was because they said, we used to said to them, we'll give you a wash, dry, windows, vac, tie shine, quick clay bar, and if it needs a polish on the bonnet, that's it. That's all they wanted. But as soon as you go into a, into that, you have a verbal agreement, it kind of changed. They just changed the goalposts. Keep moving. So Yeah. And the last thing you really want is to go into a dealership and then ask to be moved on because of agreements, uh, because it's not about money. No one will ever know it's about money until I voice it. It's all about money. Mm. You cannot tell me I've come this far in my life and business and knowing that Bill Baker is a shit detailer or Bill Baker's operations shit, company shit. We, I created the shit. <laughs> so this is where I start getting emotional too, because I go back, whenever I speak about a story, I go back to exactly how I felt back then. That's the only way to express it. People say, calm down. So I'm not calming down. Because now people ask questions about oh, why you should have sucked. No, you can't. And I don't want anyone else to fall into that trap as well. Mm. The dealerships will always look after their bottom line 100%. You mean nothing to them. 22 years ago, I was at a dealership. I kid you not. The day I was leaving the dealership, packing my stuff in the truck, the new detailers were coming in, setting up. <laughs> I remember that. Seriously, yep. they were setting up. You know, I even got left them some of my stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that's how it is. So... Um, and then you got people saying, even the customers through the dealership where the dealership started going, okay, your contractors, this customer's picked up their car uh, and they've handballed stuff to us. I don't even want to ask questions about that, but they handballed stuff to us where, oh, you didn't do a good job. Well, like, hang on a second. And remember I said to you before, I'm the doctor of damage. So mm-hmm. call me doctor damage because whenever scratch on a door, reversing anything on a car that has damage on it, I can tell you exactly what it is even up to a box being put on the car and sliding it off you know people put a box yeah and they go oh i didn't put a box on the car no you didn't because if you did it it comes off straight and into the car but someone else put it behind you you can see the twist on the roof it goes ever seen that (laughs) to that degree of knowledge that's how it is so someone's put on your car and taken it off and slid it to their car Hmm. oh bloody girl you can tell so Customers come back and, he, and he's got scratches all over his car and you look at these scratches and you go, okay, it's a blue CX-5, dark blue. It's got light hairline scratches. You've Someone's wiped it with a cloth. Then sometimes the dealership have the audacity to call me and say, oh, look, this is what the, you know, the customer's picked up the car like this. I'm like, no, he hasn't picked up the car like this. That's, they, they straight away, I'm like, no. And being... You got to stay professional because the customers there you're you're representing the dealership. All right? So you can't actually say you're a liar. Mm. So I go no 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 hang on a second that's that's not true. I'll pull someone aside. No 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 look no. you got to fix it. I'm not fixing it and I'll just crack I So listen. I said you went home and you wiped this car down. No, I didn't. I said you went home. It was pissing it wasn't it was just like drizzling. You got home, you put it in the garage and you wiped it down because it's a new car and I know what the um a particular race Okay, they like to show off their cars. So, and they and I know for a fact that when they get something new, people come and bless it, believe it or not. Yeah. And I went, you've gone home, you've wiped it all down, you've done this to it because you have people coming over, I know, because that's how you guys work. And now you've stuffed it up because it's been a week. Sorry, it's been uh, three days. Oh, I didn't know if you guys were open on the weekend. I said, and if there's a salesman there and the, and the what's the name? And the service manager there, lived like, just back. I'm like, okay, I looked at the service manager. I said, hey, you should not be, I shouldn't be talking to the customer. You should be talking to the customer. You should basically stand in front of me and defend us. Mm. Because my worker detailed the car. I checked the car. We took the car downstairs in your little God's den because the lights were so bright under there. Nothing was on the car. The sale, The PD manager checked it to and put the plates on it. And then... The salesperson came downstairs to check it. Then the customer came down, signed the paperwork. Here's the keys. See you later. So how did this leave the site looking like that? And I did it in front of everyone. Oh, duh, oh. <laughs> Gave him the oh, which frustrated me. So oh, it looks like you know microphone drop. So we left it at that. And um, you shouldn't be talking like that to us like that in front of customers. That's it. and I got in trouble for that. So suppression. I got suppressed. I got in, I got in trouble for you know expressing what really happened but i could have delivered in a different way you know why because i was a little puppet that's you know stay quiet i used to come home and be frustrated and now oh my god it just rolls off my tongue (laughs) (laughs) i answer to nobody now and i'm not saying in a cocky arrogant way i answer to nobody um people call i feel I'm, i'm much happier now much happier so when a dealership call, hi, Bill, it's this person from the dealership here. How are you? I say, yeah, good, mate. How are you going? All right? No, you know, I would say before you ask any questions, I'm not interested. <laughs> Straight away. And like, oh, okay. Really? You want to hear what I have to say? No. Unless you're going to pay six fifty dollars us for a used car detail, our conversation has ended. Oh, that was shit. <laughs> Straight away. <laughs> you know, I have a quick chat about other things, you know, and I'll, I'll say, listen, I'll, I'll refer you to somebody else who might want to do the work. But I don't. Hmm. I would not wish that upon anybody, my viewers or anyone else to work for a dealership and be if I told you what happened a few weeks ago, you'll you you'd freak out.
0: Do we wanna know?
1: Yeah, yeah, you wanna know. It's a good story. Yeah. When I left that dealership packing up just recently, just we only were there for two months. He says sit to us, he goes, Oh, this is not working out. He's probably watching now, couldn't care less. This is not working out. So yeah, cool. He goes, Oh, you don't seem surprised. No, nah, man. I'm not surprised. I just turn off straight away because i got that contract through a friend and it was more like, you know, what do I say? Do I give him the Bill Baker gauntlet? It's my fault for going back in there. It's my fault. Yeah. Thought I'd give it a go. I went back to another dealership the second time. It was my fault for going back in there to give him another go. Nothing changed. The price went up a little bit, but then the price went back down again. So when the price goes up, oh yeah, you can do it for this much. Oh, but we expect this. We expect that. So... While I was leaving that dealership, everything's all packed up and I, I drove out of there. Um, not even in my car. I pulled up and I saw another friend of mine who runs another detailing shop pulling in. So I stopped and I had a quick chat with him. Probably going to offer him to take that dealership over because he, he was doing dealership work.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I go, when he pulled in, I parked the car quickly and I walked inside. I saw two salespeople. I don't know who they were. I think it was a salesman. Checking the car. By the time I parked and walked in, they were checking the car, and the guy was standing there with rags on him, wiping bits and pieces. <laughs> the, second, <laughs> the second salesperson was going over that car with a torch. Like, seriously, it was that broad daylight. So I said to him, I go, I said to the guy, I don't want to mention his name, so I get him in trouble. I go, hey, what do they pay you per car? He goes, not enough. I go, no, what do they pay you? Seriously. I go, I'll probably get more money out of him for you. And he goes, $180. And he brought back a black Mazda 6.
0: <laughs>
1: All right, so I thought, this guy's going over the torch. I said, hey, what are you looking for? No, it's making sure it's got a good job. I go, for 180 bucks, I would have given a wash, dry, windows, vacuum, tie shine, and maybe even a hand wax. That's what you're going to get. Mm. I go, let me tell you something. If that was me, and I was that detailer, I'll shove that torch up your ass. He goes, who are you anyway? I go, I'm Bill Baker from the detail market. <laughs> it's right out. <laughs> and I just walked out. That's it. I was walked out again, bro. I go, you should be getting at least 250 for these cars. Get out of it. Mm-hmm. Nothing's gonna change. If anything, I'll go. The other kind will just come in and just cut your lunch straight away. I find it it's like a casino with like detailers, like said a of detail. Oh, your dealership can sit back like this, put their feet up and go, like ping pongs, yeah? Or is it the the ball in the cups for the what do they call that? B, B- Pom? B Pom. Just, yeah. just bounce it, get go going, and land in that cup and go, oh, what's that saying? Oh, I says detail market. Give him a call. Offer him the work. Because everyone's just trying to cut each other's lunch. Mm. And whoever's watching, all you need to do is basically the dealerships start your prices at 350 and then just go from there. They got no choice because oh, but you said no, 350, it can be done. And if they come wanna pick on the car. Let them pick on it. It's worth Mm. you fixing something up that you probably do miss. But, like, you know, we need to educate them as well. Taking, you know, grease off hinges. Grease is meant to be on the hinges. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I take them off. You know what I do? I take it off. Kid you not. And I just use as much prep sole, I spray acid in there until that door goes. (laughs) And I send it to them. I'll well, have my fun too, Dale. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> all so, right, guys. If, you, if you're watching Detailing, detailing Down Under podcast, it'll be on Spotify and Apple later on. So stay tuned. We got 52 viewers here and it's growing. Oh, that's all right.
0: Yeah, you get more. Don't worry. More lives. That's good.
1: 100%. Oh, yeah. So like is, you'll uh, go, go on TikTok too. You can also do that. You can also do what you're doing on TikTok.
0: Oh, yeah. Don't I'll
1: worry. See. I'll get you started.
0: Yeah. No, it's... It's another world for me. I had one other guy and I'm like, ah, oh, no, not that I was refusing to get into it, but I just didn't think I needed it. And then uh, you made some good points and I'm like, oh yeah. And then now I've just got to get more content. Oh, so. did I make those good points? Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: good to, so, it's good to hear. But, so um,
1: you.
0: Yeah. So I'll track back on the, on the old, um, ceramic coating. Cause you, you've been around as, as long as they have, so. Have How um, have they come a long way since you started? And what were you using back in the day? What did you start with?
1: We started with a product called Pomponazzi.
0: Oh, yeah. I've
1: heard of that. So, yeah, this is a Japanese company. And actually got in touch with the same company again. And they just sent me a sample of their new stuff. And I haven't used it yet. I said, I'm not going to use it now. It's too rush. Everything's rushing because the whole day is coming up. Mm. And, it, uh, you know, I've even got a few other brands I've got to use as well. I'm not a big fan of testing different types of brains. It's too hard. There's not mm. enough, there's not enough, um, like there's research in them. But what happens is I call it, it gets, uh, oh, my wife says it's a bad word to say, but <laughs> there's too much in there. It gets prostituted too much. Yeah. Like, like, oh, try this, try this and try that and try this and try that. All you're doing is buying and trying and not knowing the true effects of it. Mm. So there are some bigger brains as well. But the growth of ceramic coating when we first started with it was obviously J- Japanese and Korean. And, um, you know, as, as you know, the, the Asian market, always they're always in everything else. So we bought some stuff and used it. Um, then the U.S. got into it, a company called Rust-Oleum, you're aware of them. Mm, they got into no. certain sprays, you know, like yeah. uh, certain different things, but not ceramics itself. It wasn't even called ceramic, it was called glass coating because ceramic was a word, ceramic was too much put in a word with ceramic tiles. So right. they changed that word glass coating to ceramic, um, you know, later on. But in this, if you use ceramic coating here in Australia, people were, ceramic, what? What's, what? No one knew what that was. Um. So then and I sort of did a couple of things, which was quite weird. We tested it. I, not tested, I put it on the car, threw water on it, beat it off, it's fantastic. And in me having the car wash back then, kept washing my car and I'd work as it. But my car was, it was a yellow Mazda SP20. It was so yellow that bees were hanging around it, right? <laughs> and um, the water's always beat on it. It kept beating and beating and and um, then came we came across, I came across a few things where I've, I've got to try something different. And I found, believe it or not, they put this product inside concrete. It's a, a water repellent in concrete. Yeah, right. So I put that on the car and then waited till it came off. And then, I mean, waited till it sort of flashed a little bit and wiped it off. And guess what? It worked. And rain on the windows. Yep. Sprayed it on the whole car. Then it worked. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we're dealing with waxes and stuff like that these days that have just a hydrophobic repellent in there, mm. which that comes from, if you notice inside your source bottles that it sticks to the side, but some bottles, nothing sticks to the inside of it because they have a like a Teflon coating. So then Teflon came out. So by the time we tested something and say, yep, this is good enough, the Asian market brought something else different. So as you know, China's a big country. Japan's very knowledgeable in what they do in research and technologies. And then bang, it just took off. So Australia didn't do anything. It was just up to a particular detailer to uh, bring in products and invent. But there's one thing I didn't have. I didn't have the experience to be going out selling. I can't. I, I struggle to go out and say, "Hey, have you heard of ceramic coating?" Why? Well, because I was always the first to not the first. I was in the I was in the industry of people knowing all this stuff and then trying to get it out there. Only certain people, either good marketing skills, good sales skills, or good um, good talkers, got further. So I, I kind of got pushed to the side a little bit because we focused on dealerships and end of month. So the words end of month and getting cars out, can you do us a favor? It sort of consumed us. You know, customers complaining about cars with the bug, you know, we've got a, we got a car wash for a reason and it's not come off. Well, I brought it here to get those marks off. Well, you didn't tell us that. We would have told you the car wash when we get it off, all right? So get lost. So I'll go back to the car wash and why I left that. Um, so with the ceramic coatings, it came off it like it just took off and then um you know lab wasn't around then gion wasn't around then um i think the first brand that we used was uh what was that first brand used i think it was yeah g technic but they made it hard to the start to get yeah. involved in that but i was using other japanese brands like pompa and um and uh you know always dry came out as well with their products as you know always dry i haven't spoken to the guys about it, I think I did mention it once when I did, I ordered it. Uh, that's when I learned not to ever muck around with ceramic coating. Oh, I learned the hard way. <laughs> and I blame nothing but dealership hydro bullshit for starters there. <laughs> oh my God.
0: Yeah, We're so not- when always,
1: yeah. I stuffed that up. Always dry. Very great product. They came up with a lot of things and um, it, was a, um, it was a good eye-opener, but the, the name didn't stick too much, always dry, It's a good concept, but it was just a real always dry, you know? Always dry ceramic coating. What the hell is that? You know, it's like me saying flat Mac. What's that? It's a big Mac you got that was flat. Oh, okay. You know, we know it's a coating. So yeah, uh, with always dry, when I first tried that one, no, the hydro stuff you get at the dealerships, it's got an eight minute curing time. So I used to put it on the whole car, or half the car and wipe it off quickly. Because it was actually wasn't warm then. It was cold. So Bill Baker got to always dry. Did whole the whole side of the car and the front, headlights and all, because I got a trailer. It dried. With excuse me, within a minute or two, it dried. It was my oh, wife's wow. brand new Mazda 3 that I got for her. It was my, it was my car too. <laughs> that I was doing the ceramic coating on. I'm like, damn, it's not coming off. I rang him up and I said, Can I get this off with something? He's like, yeah, I go. Why he goes thinners? <laughs> I go. It's not coming off. He goes. Well, there's nothing you're gonna try. I go. What's that? He goes. Three oh. thousand. Go, you want me to sand everything? He's like, yeah. Okay, okay. So what we did, we um, I had to fix my mistake, and I have to find a way. So if we do get into this market, we don't do this again. You know what happens? Temperature changes. Where your working changes, wind mm. changes. So we used a abrasive polish. That's when I got myself the first three-inch machine. Well, it was actually an air mm. and a rotating air one from 3M. And then took it off with that. Came off easy. Beautiful. It was hard, but it was easy after we got the first. Was so, it all like uh, a
0: rainbow effect or wasn't like that? No, happened? it
1: dried, no. it dried like super glue. Oh wow. See the thing is, there's depending on now. I don't even now. I don't want to get into the science of um. My name, my name is Bill Baker, not Matthew Gibb. (laughs) All right. So I try to stay away from all the science of everything because what happens is when you start thinking of science and stuff like that. Even Jason Rose says it. Don't care what's in your phone. Don't worry about it. Just know that the phone takes photos for you and makes calls. That's all you need to know. So as long as ceramic works and if it says five years, whatever. I'm doing your research. If the certificate certification say five years, as in tested by the certain lab- laboratories? Yes, you go with it. Um, SIO2s and hydrophobics and silica oxide. What? Tell that to the customer. Mm. You'll hear crickets. What? That's <laughs> just want a clean car with thingos on it. So, yeah. Um, and then that's it. We started branching out. Uh, who was it? Kamikaze? Well, we want to come out and see your setup. Why? We don't give to anybody. Yeah, I'm not anybody. And because we were working at a dealership, I didn't have a setup like this. They didn't want them to do it. Um, uh, as well, and G Technic, and then Gion started coming up, and all these other people. Um, it was just overwhelming with too much products. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, you go online, you see, oh, you know, your competitor, for example, or he's an authorized authorized person. I'm like, well, I don't have a shop. I'm not going to be authorized by anybody. So, you know what I should do? What's that? I should go make my own ceramic coating. Happening as we speak, you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. We are Kelly Armour. Kelly yes, yeah. mm. that'll be uh, or it's actually just got our approval, so we're waiting on the um laboratory testing and then Bangkok because I've got Nano Pro, my Kelly Armour, better. Yep. It's not about um, uh, longevity. Everyone's going, oh, how long does it last? We don't, I'm not interested in that. And I don't want people to worry about warranties. Okay. No. A warranty now these days, I'll be your warranty. Okay? Simple as that. You could come here, I could say to you, it's got a 10-year warranty. I'll build, Bill's an awesome bloke, it's got a 10-year warranty. Even if I give you a certification, bang. I'll be out of business, who cares? What are you going to do? Fight it. You need to spend money to get it. You know what I mean? So yeah. we need to give people durability. That's yeah. it. Just be durable because now you're starting to hear people say, oh, no, no, ceramic coating, it does leave water spots. It does get damaged, don't get me wrong, but we're going to try and make sure that the durability of it does not let it get damaged. So we're trying to increase the amount of, lessen the resin and increase the amount of thickness to give it more, to make it more thick, where we used to use, um, we can't do it anymore, but we use clear clear coats on the car and make it thicker, it was called a Thousand, a Thousand Coats by a company from, well, Bunnings had it. It was the best. It was the best. You come in a syringe with two of them, you put it together, you mix it, and then you put it on top of the bonnet, or it's meant to be for tables, and it just dries like glass. It is so shiny. We did it on the bonnet, and you can tap the bonnet with a hammer and stuff like that. Nothing happened to it. But it was costly. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you yeah. ever seen at the motor shows back in the day, some people hitting the car with a with a, with a a mallet oh. wouldn't damage the paint? Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the, one of the things we did. <laughs> we'll set it on fire. That's the other one. Oh, <laughs> have you seen that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. If yeah, if whoever's watching, if you see that guy come around and basically put ceramic coating on the car and torture it, I confronted <laughs> him and I said, why do you need to torture it, mate? The sun doesn't get that hot. It's 120 degrees is what you need.
0: Mm.
1: And I've got something to tell you as well. I've, we did a test. If anybody, people here who are watching remember, we used a rotary and a microfiber pad and we heated up the bonnet to 212, between 170 and 220 degrees full speed. Now, we burnt the paint. It didn't move. It just went light, tingy brown. Okay, you know the brown yeah. underneath the clear? It went yeah. brown. Guess what? That was probably about, how long ago was that when we did the bonnet? Three months, four months? Yeah, Say four months ago. I went, got the bonnet, did used use it for my training session last week. Couldn't find the brown bits on it. <laughs> so what do you think happened to that? Mm. I'm still like, gobsmacked, like, what happened to the brown bits? Because <laughs> we cooked an egg on it, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we cooked the egg on it, but the brown's it's... gone. It's back to white. Yeah, right. So next time I burn a car like that, which will never happen before do I'm gonna tell the customers, come back in six months, see if it's still there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Um what's the coating gonna be? Is it um two coats, one single layer?
1: No, we wanna focus we don't want to focus on two coats. So I think two coats um single coating. Uh, and you lay it on nice and thick. People are starting to. What the problem is now with detailers and ceramic coating? They're buying thirty mil bottles or fifty mil bottles, um, and they're trying to spread it out against. You know, to, they're trying to spread it out for three cars or uh, maybe two. I um, can't do that. I'm sick of that. You can't do that. They don't realize yep. that it's it's drawing like white. And, you know, we've got a couple of guys come here when when I help them, when they help me, they just put it on light. No, they go, yours is very thick. i go, you need to lay it on thick because there is products in there, the catalyst, the resin, whatever. It needs to basically formulate against itself and bond. And it's actually, to be honest, everyone needs to understand ceramic coating is not a coating that sits on top. It's a chemical reaction to your clear coat. If your clear coat is not, yeah. So the chemical reaction has to basically heat it up Open its pores and bond to it. That's it. Whether it opens a pores or not, I'll call it pores. It's not. It just just reacts to it and catches on. Under a microscope, you can see it happen. But they're doing it on light. There's nothing doing it. It spits into it's in your pad. There's no penetration. Mm. So that one there, lay it on thick. Let it bake in. Uh, let it uh, sort of uh, mold into the into the coating and then into the clear coat, and then you wipe it off. And if you do live it for a long time, the reason why it's hard to get off is because it's bonded. That's what I believe. It's bonded and it's hard to get off because it's meant to have a slight tacky, not a tacky, but like a dolphin. I don't know people touch up dolphins, but it's got to have that rubbery effect on it, not this smooth. People say, oh, you know, I'll get detailers. There's one down the road. He throws a silk. <laughs> he throws a silk thing on the car. <laughs> it's not really, that's not really the answer. That's what the dealerships used to do, yeah. <laughs> they used to make us do half a bonnet, and and I used to argue with them. Oh, this one doesn't feel smooth. It's not meant to feel smooth. It's meant to basically be hydrophobic and protect the car. Mm. Okay, even though this product is shit, we know it's shit, but we still got to do another. Can't feel it. So why is the spray? So if you're watching out there and bought a car from a dealership in South Morang, is that? Yeah, half the bonnet. It was just ceramic spray, hydrophobic. If anything, it was Bowden's own. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't care. I have no, I, I don't give a shit. Bowdoin's own on that. It felt nice and smooth. through a rag on it and they go like that. And um, yeah, so some customers say to me, like while I'm there doing it, they go, oh, shouldn't it feel a bit whatever? Yes, it should feel like that. Or is it a good product? And I have to say, yes, it is because I worked there. Mm. And I go, yeah, it's a great product. I go, look, you know what? You're not buying the product. Because it would wear off eventually, but you're buying the lifetime warranty. Simple as that. Yeah. I go, here's a tip for you. In about a year's time, complain it's not beating and get it redone again. Do that every year. He's like, Really? He said, Yeah, don't tell him I said that.
0: (laughs) It's funny funny about the the coating bottle size because my brand, they were fifty mils or whatever, and now we're going back to thirty. And I'm like, the trucks are getting bigger, the cars are coming in, they're double the size. And we've got to stretch the 30 mil bottle now. And yeah, I'm not a fan of it, but you make it work. But and
1: yes, so that's the thing. So most of everything I buy is 50 mil. Yeah, it's, yeah. all right. Then you get your customers now because you're getting panoramics roof, so you're not dealing with the roof anymore. Mm. And with the huge, you've only got obviously the side panels in the roof and sunroof, so it's not much. But it's actually the reason why the difference between a microfiber pad or microfiber applicator pad um you got the uh felt felt uh pads yep is because like geon for example man, that thing evaporates before it it's the pad i use geon but i don't yeah.
0: use their applicators exactly it's gone
1: <laughs> disappears yep. now i put a lot on that flash is perfect comes off nice and smooth i love it i've only been using it for the last two, three days because, like I said, the guy's here. He uses Gion. I'm helping him out. Fantastic. I love it. But I just don't think that the application is – I don't think it's actually – it's just hydrophobic to me. Mm. That's my, my personal, whether it's going to take a scratch or not. Before I finish, before I get off the ceramic um, mm. thing, subject, the glass coating that we got from Pomponazzi, we showed off the dealership to actually approach the dealership that we worked for. They didn't want to bar of it because they were getting kickbacks. I remember um, one of the salesmen, a friend of mine, Mario, I said, feel that. He felt it, but he didn't go left and right. He went forward and backward. So the tip of his nail, as he went like that, I swear to God, it actually scratched the ceramic coating and it was like you were scraping ice cream. Off the top, I went, What the hell? He's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, No man, don't be. Because he hadn't cured yet. We just put it on there. It was shiny. Like I said, it was glass coating. It was shiny, it was glossy. It was my it was our Black Mazda 3, the one before we changed it. It was a Black Mazda 3, and I believe it or not I reckon the coating's still on there. My brother's my brother, my brother bought it off us. The car's got almost 15 years old, 13 years old, and it still looks fantastic. So um, and he says he's never polished it. But I got looked at it and I went. What did he say? He goes, oh, I stuffed up your coating. I said, yeah, he did, but it doesn't matter. It's good because innovation, this is good. That's proof. But guess what? We barely had good cameras back then to even take photos. You know, you show someone that photo. Nah, man, that's just that's just the clear. He scratched the clear, not with his fingernail. Hmm. literally, so if you've got a nail, not a fingernail, if you've got a, uh, a nail and look really closely, you've got a bit of a flat section on it. If you scrape the nail on top of it, it's going to call up the clear coat. It's thick. So then I invested my time and some money into that and we kept using it until we met, um, um, like uh, Phil from G Technic and then kicked off from there. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Hydro is the best. Yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll talk about your training as well. That's been uh, going pretty nuts at the moment by the looks of it.
1: Yeah, the training is good. Um, sometimes I think when I advertise as a class, People say, "Come to training." we want training. We want training, and I set up a, you know, date for training. I get nothing for, you know, promote it for a month or two weeks or three weeks. I get nothing. Three days before, bang! Everybody wants to do it. Yeah. Right. So I say limited spots because I need people to come on board. But the no, training has been really good. We've had uh, on a, on a month, as I said, I think uh, twelve, yeah, twelve, roughly twelve to twenty five, on average, but. Not as much as back when we first first started. We just slowed it down a bit now because we just got too busy with the cars. Mm. And then we took on that dealership. Um, training's good. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I just see people who are though. Some people have it and some people don't. But it's not something that... Because you don't have it, it doesn't mean you can't get it. Yeah. So, you know, you give someone a machine, they hold it, and you're like, <laughs> it's good, you know? Some of them don't hold the machine right and dint the bonnet of the car. Because we are <laughs> trying with cars. Yep. Sometimes well, not customers' cars, but my cars or my neighbor, he sells cars there now. So we take some of his cars. I go, oh, You want a free details? Like, yeah. <laughs> I go, Yeah, but any damage is not my problem. He's like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Dealerships love it. guy 100 percent No, he's just uh, he just buys and sells cars next door, it's good. Um, like I still I still do it do cheap work for him because I get a lot of them, and he never complains. He goes, mate, your shittest job is your is a great job. Because you can't. You come to a point when you just... If you, you can do things, your eyes closed. Take it off, you take it off. It comes off. That's it. Mm. He doesn't complain. But do you know how I bill him? I bill him every three months. <laughs> <laughs> he died when I sent the last bill.
0: <laughs> how many cars is that?
1: Uh, we did... No, um, uh, 20, 30 cars 30 <laughs> no, cars, 500 bucks he was like, what the he goes, I kept telling you, I said, yeah, I yeah, know you did I know you did, because he kept telling me do the invoice, do the invoice, do the invoice he goes, he goes mate he, goes, he looked at the bill, he's like, I've never seen that I goes, first for everything I go, "Sorry, right, don't pay me straight away, he goes, pay me later he goes, shit, I've got, I got more cars, that's going to add on Because I'm in debt before I even started <laughs> alright no, nah, that's
0: good with training because I've always harped on or I've never seen, like people say there's detailed training here, but I don't know. I don't really see much of it. And we always say most people are self-taught. Um, so it's good to see someone that's actually putting their hand up and, and taking it on.
1: That's it. Um, I'll, I'll teach you. I'm self-taught. Uh, I think that I've been to a couple of training sessions and how they <laughs> teach, they're teaching and them- um, they teach it the way they know how to teach it, but it's not the right way. It's the right way that they not, it's the right way that the make like machines, like depending on company it could be, it's the way they want you to train with their machine that they have. That's the way it works. And I just found that it's, it's not right. It, it doesn't make sense. You can't work, you know, in a three by, you know, three by three momentum and just do, like if you did that on a bonnet, you'd be doing the bonnet one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine times. Mm. It just, but that's for the best result. But no, I so said that's for the best result with the slow, with the with the with the best machine, but with a slow movement, because that's how you want to train them. We're being self-taught. You can't show someone how to do something; expect them to do it. They need to hold the machine first. So I don't even show them how to hold the machine. I just say, this is a switch. This is the handle. This is how I hold it, like this. So get comfortable with it first and then turn it on. As soon as it turns on, mate, they turn it on and clip it in there and takes off and start starts jumping around on the floor like a bloody <laughs> frog. Try and chase that machine. They get scared. Oh, like I can show you heaps of backing plates that are broken. I've got I've got two machines that were stuffed up from the previous training and I've got to, I've got to change the backing plate oh, and the man. handle. So... But then you get some guys like you know, I've got the flex machine, the repairs machine, the 3M machine, we've got the Makita machine. So we give them force, rotation, DA, there's rotary, shine mates, um rotaries, all different types because you could have long hands with small finger, with small hands, sorry, long arms, small hands, you could have short, short hands, uh, short arms or big hands, whatever. So you gotta grab it. And like we trained we trained one guy, and he just could not get it right, and it was actually frustrating. I said, mate. That machine doesn't look comfortable. Try the flex one. He grabbed the flex one. He goes, oh, this is good. And so we did him. He paid for the full training session. He paid a lot of money. And it was just one-on-one for two days, actually three days. And he's he details now on his own perfectly. But the flex machine was the one that he chose to use, and the rest was easy for him. You know what I mean? Mm. So if you go to all these, okay, we are repairs approved, whatever, or sorry, repairs. Get the repairs machine, this, this, and that. There's too much marketing, too much influence that confuses detailers who are up and coming. Should I get that? Okay, it's an investment of a thousand dollars minimum. You can buy the ES, but you're not going, you can't do that because the ES is different to a to a Mark III. One spins 21, throws it out. The Mark III vibrates a lot more and throws out at 21. So. I use that and sometimes stuff up myself. So you got to train them. So I train them on a on a on a, a um twenty one es, and then say use the fifteen because it's got a different motion on it. Oh, you know what I mean. Yeah. So do I train them with the mark with the uh, mark three? No. You know why? They can't afford a thousand dollars. They can afford a yeah. So I tell them, can you afford a thousand bucks? Yeah. You sure? All right. I've got a mark three here. You want to buy? It? Oh, not now. When? <laughs> um, I've got to do some work first before I get it. Okay, then so train on the small one, you can buy that at 600 bucks. I'm like, is that the wrong thing to say, the wrong thing to do? No. Nah. Because you train them on a mark three and they they can afford a year, it's different. Mm. So then we gotta teach them obviously the pads. Now the pads that the repairs have are different to Sonax, are different to um aftermarket, are different to Shinemate. They want to work with five inch. They want to work with six inch. So we sort of accommodate with everything, and they use it. So, like, I mean, I will charge between eight fifty and twelve fifty, and eighteen fifty, if not three thousand dollars. But on average, we're twelve fifty. Now, with my time and my expertise and training, I think that's very very cheap. Half the time, they're damaging paint, damaging cars, tearing through pads like they're free breaking machines like that's theirs <laughs> so and it becomes very very costly so once they leave you look it back and you go <laughs> oh well it is what it is yeah they come back the next day and i say okay there's a buffer machine there that you broke so it's all sticky tape now you can use that until i get a new casing for it oh sorry you know I me mean?
0: so are these straight off the street greenies wanting to get in the industry pretty much yeah you yeah, got some some of them are in it, but i show
1: them uh, yeah, some people do want to do advanced. They, they can do things, but then we start showing them stuff. But look, Bill, I'm doing a detail, just a quick inside out, quick steam clean and a wash dry windows, vacuum tire shine, and it's taking me five hours. What am I doing wrong? I go, what are you charging for that? He goes, 250. I go, that's what you're doing wrong. <laughs> that's the first mistake. Um, but no, it's more like grabbing a brush, spraying the interior and grabbing the smallest brush you can think of and going around in circles. They're not that when you want to do that on a car, it's going to hurt your wrist. So me starting and doing that and coming this way, doing it properly, my wrists are sore, my joints are sore. Just understand if you're going to do it for a short stint, fine. If you're going to do it properly, if you're going to do it for a career, you need to get the right tools to make your life easier because you'll hate it. So um, I just say, don't do that. Just spray the door. I'll even look, I'll even spray stuff. When I'm washing the door jams, for example, they go, oh, what if you get water in there? So I'll spray the interior of the car with water. I'll, like this. I'll spray the door jam and go, oh, whoa, sorry. Then what? You do nothing. You leave it as it is. It'll dry. You start rubbing that water and with a towel that's not absorbent, you could either scratch the screen if it went on the screen or you're going to push that water into the edges of the screen. Leave it. There's nothing else but that screen that's going to get damaged. Yeah. So here's a tip. Regardless, just cover the screen. Get a towel and cover the whole console. Because you worry about water, but you didn't ask a question about the, the spray. When you're doing a mobile and you spray and that wind takes it in there, what do you mm-hmm. got in the door jam? The greaser, an alkaline or whatever. And it's hovering it it sits right there on the, on the wood grain or on the plastic. Explain that to the customer. Oh, I've never thought of that. Mm-hmm. So we teach them the basics of knowledge of doing things, you know, precautions and... Um, like stuff that they never thought they'll ever learn. Because the only time you make a mistake is when you realize you've done something wrong. But when we train them, we do things wrong to see what they do. How long it takes me to clean four doors? Just an inside with the, le- with the
0: cleaner. Are you just pressure washing or are you scrubbing? No, 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 sorry. We're
1: using a, we're using a leather cleaner or a vinyl cleaner or an APC. How long it takes you to clean four doors, the, the four doors on a car? Um,
0: I'd say it should be maybe three to five minutes per door.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Should be. you know it. it with a small <laughs> brush, my friend. I can do a door if, if there's, like yeah, as well in training. I'll go, if you're in an enclosed area like this, there's no wind and no sun, you can open the doors, you can spray your cleaner on the door, soak it, spray one, two, three, four, then go back again, slightly spray and start brushing and wipe. Start brushing and wiping. By the time you get there to the to the driver side door, because you start with the passenger. By the time you get to the driver's side door, you're done. It's the driver's door's done and soaked because the driver's door's always the dirtiest. Mm. Cause passengers don't drive cars. Driver does. <laughs> and you know, I say that to <laughs> kids, and they go, "What? Well, passengers drive? No. What if you're a passenger and you want to get out and drive?" I go, "Dude, steering wheels on that side." All right it's their common sense. Yeah, but I, getting... I enjoy. I enjoy it. I can see the look on their faces when they know how to do something. I go, that's the way. As soon as I say that's the way, they smile. Mm. They smile. They feel more comfortable and stuff like that. And then I go, that's it. Keep going. And then shit happens. You get too cocky. <laughs> <laughs>
0: how um how often are you doing these trainings?
1: Uh we try to get two sessions a month in. because I... I have to basically do things with this one to make sure that <laughs> I have a you know a family life you gotta have work-life balance I remember a work-life balance yeah before I was just like going because I, I don't have any staff um I really enjoy doing this on my own because I know exactly how long something's going to take me and I know what to do um I'm very multitasked so I'll bang out a car in one day oh, sorry I'll do two cars in a day and have the third one prepped up for the next day you know what I mean and the cars aren't full jobs. They're just the outside or some are just the inside or some are just mm. it's ready to go. So, and you know, we teach our, our students preparation of the car. As again, you're a detail, you'll know this. When you prep a car for a full correction and in interior, everything you do is in the wash bay. Mm. So the wash bay is the, like, you open the doors, you take out the mats, you brush the mats, you blow them out, use a tornado, whatever, and that's all clean. You know, you can vac if you want, I don't vac, I just blow everything out of the car and then that's it. Interior is ready to be spray and wipe. correct. Then doors close, you start iron remover, then you do your wheels. So the iron remover, while that's working, you do some wheels. Okay, so the timing. And once that's done, rinse, your, you know, your foam. When you foam the car, I'll do the door jams with the sprays and the brush if I have to. That's it. Rinse the whole car down. Then I'll basically wash wash it, rinse it again, then clay bar, and guess what? Your badges and stuff like that. It's all done. Rinse Mm. it dry, blow it, let it drip dry. Whether it drip dries for an hour or two while I'm doing something else or leave it to the next day, you're prepped up, ready to go. So your paint's smooth, but scratched up to the max. Mm. Your windows are clean, your door jams clean, everything's clean. So if something does come along, that's prepped up. So that day, I've saved myself an hour or two hours of work. So if you get a small job coming, quick interior, you do it. Then you—that's it. That's enough. That's your that car will that will be the the running cost for the day. For example, two three hundred bucks. So then you got um, then you go. All right, now it's time to detail. And because I like going on lives and in, and you know getting people interested in the in the lives, I do the interior first, then do the lives later, and then do the outside later. Um, then people start asking questions and ask a lot of questions i start mucking around dancing a bit get carried <laughs> away and i look at the clock oh shit my wife comes on tiktok and says hey come home <laughs> oh, yeah. so that's that's what i mean like i'm in my element i enjoy it sometimes the phone doesn't ring if i don't see that screen i'm i'm, I'm where i want to be all right and then i go home and go hi oh, hey, babe <laughs> how you going <laughs> Nah,
0: that's that's really good now it's good to have someone training in Australia and I know I think Maddie Gibbs, um, planned on doing a bit as well. So that's even better, yeah, so yeah. The more the better.
1: Hopefully him and I will get together soon enough. And, um, mm. uh, I told him I'll get you over here with, with our master class. As we said, we've been to a, a training session. We didn't learn much. Um, it's not what we wanted to learn. I found it to be more of marketing. And look, that's my opinion. I mean, I don't want to mention names or anything because I don't want them to think, oh, okay, well, this guy's a hero or anything like that. No, it's just that I put my hand up and I said, I'm here just to learn how training is done. So, you know, I looked around what was there and we saw what was there and I thought, okay, the setup is very, very similar to mine, if anything better. Um, okay, you can do this. We've been doing this for years and years and years. All right, it's advanced. Yeah, it's advanced from the top man, advanced. So Maddie and I looked at each other and same with Peter. Um, Peter Penner he they came from Adelaide to here and was having a had a great time. You know, looking at each other, going, "Okay, that all." It was quite, it was quite interesting because Peter was one of my first students. Yep. So he came in from Adelaide because I want to be the first. Everything you like, you just down to earth and raw. said yeah, that's it. So while they were talking and saying this and they're saying that, you lean over and go. That's what we going to learn anything new here? Yeah, we know that already. So like he's letting me know that he picked up on that. Mm. So when he was there, I just said to him, I go, hey, you're just here for a meet and greet. Take a photo and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Just take a photo. That's all you need to do. And then when I left there, I was actually quite happy. I met the man. Um, not going to say what I said to him, but met the man. It was good. And then realized I have... When you do training, the most important thing about training is that to train someone how to buff or to polish a car is the easy bit because you've got big panels of paint, okay? And I think that people get scared, I'm burning the paint. Am I going too much? Whatever. Get a panel, put the machine on it, burn it, scratch it with a knife, cut it out, sand it, burn it, and then you know exactly your level. That's the only way you're going to learn. Get a panel and destroy it. But then I thought... Sanding, all right. Buffing a car. Yep. What about trims? What about interiors? What about leather? Alcantara? Mm-hmm. Windows? Rubbers? Door jams? Vomit? Dog shit? Steaming? What's the difference between steam and extraction? You know? Now, don't take this the wrong way, guys. Using a steamer, you flops. Does nothing. Gets PPF. i use off. a steamer. <laughs> it just gets, all the smoke gets in my way. Now I used I used a steamer on one of the cars because I thought it'll work. Mm. It did work, but it made a mess of everything else. I got I got condensation behind the cluster. Oh yeah. So now the steamer I just use it for brake calipers. That's all. Um, even brake calipers. No, just put I put a, a tray underneath it because I didn't do an wash bay. I do it on a hoist. Put a big bucket underneath it. Put some degrees and thing or whatever. Water, spray it, brush it, whatever. Blew it with the air. Perhaps hold it done. Spray calipers. So another thing too, a lot of people in in training, we teach them buy what you need, not what you want. Because mm. if you want to buy what you want, there's a whole shop here you can go look at and just buy one of each for me because you just make me rich. That's it. <laughs> I'm telling you now, and I'm, I'm honest with them. I'm the only one here that's helping you how to learn how to detail, not pushing anything on you, not selling anything to you. Even if I'm after my classes, I go, go, I say, obviously, wax it, detail, mark, I mean, um, detail central. I'm only bringing in stuff and selling stuff here that people actually need. You know, mm. you need a buffer machine. There's one here, but it's not even for sale. That's actually my my shop is really what my stock. But if I, if I show you where my stock is up there, that's for sale, it's still up in boxes. I haven't taken it out yet. Mm. And this training is taking off really, really quickly. And I'm thinking, should I sell it? Because I don't want to sell it. Because they're tearing through my pads like they own them. <laughs> so I'm going to run out of that you know, very soon. But it also makes the business look good. And we rotate, uh, we rotate stock that way because it sits there for too long. If you, um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Now another one I know you were talking about in, um, certifying our industry. We've, we always talk about this. We have people come on and say it should be, I had a guy the other week. that said it will be very hard to, um, that was the, um, Johnny Q. That was an interesting yes. comment. So, yep. um, but yeah, what's your thoughts on that one? I know you're big on that and I think we all have our opinion that it probably should be regulated or we should have some sort of um, certification or however yeah, you want I to think
1: it. Yeah, I think the, straight, the uh, state training board, whether they're still called or that, uh, we spoke to them years and years ago in doing that, but they refused to talk to us and put it under the panel beating. Detailing mm-hmm. is part of panel beating. I said, okay. So, they need to go to a panel beating course to become a detailer, pretty much. So, the detailing section out of that, even when I was approached by someone who knew someone at the Kangan tape, say, Would you want to go in there and teach them the detailing at Kangan? I was like, No. So I was no. a panel
0: beater and we didn't want to know about pan- uh, detail. It was more yeah. about the polishing side of things. That was the, yeah. the limits of it.
1: Exactly right. So, all they want to do is polish in the car. That's it. A bit of Freckler back then, or 3M was a competitive uh-huh. Freckler, freckler was and 3M. Massive. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Oh, no, it was actually Max's Freckler, then 3M. Yep. And yeah, still throwing on the car, bang. And you guys used to leave some people who left swells and some took, they enjoyed it because they left a good result. Some guys just left the apprentices to do. Hmm. So, yeah, we spoke about that and I didn't want to borrow of it. And then I got to know someone who worked for the immigration and he let loose. He goes, listen. These migrants doesn't matter what race they are in, but the particular race. These migrants are in the car washing. They're all doing fruit picking. They're doing food, food tech. They're doing automotives. They're doing this. Now, what happens is all they're working back then, before Uber came along, they were in the car washes and detailing. <laughs> so they go, you as soon as you get this thing to become a certified, okay, as a course or whatever you got to do, and becomes a skilled come skilled under the state training board, you have got almost between 18 and 35,000 of them in that industry that will drop what they're doing and go straight into the car wash and detailing and it's fucked, no money. That's when I learned that to me, now university is just a business because just quickly, I knew someone, who I went to their lectures and I went to their tutorials with them just for fun. Bro, lecture, you will walk in and out anytime you want. Your tutorials are twice a week. So basically, in one week, you're doing nine hours of university. Did you know that? Or maybe 10 hours, uni- maybe 15, 20, who cares, 20 hours of university. And that's why it drags over over four years. Mate, I reckon I can get four years put in one year. Hmm. So that's bothered me. So going back to the state training, it's like, hang on a second. Because you don't want that done, we can't get it certified. But there's other stuff. You give a hairdresser four years apprenticeship, and they're only dealing with scissors and some whatever. As mentioned in the article, that's what I was passionate about. Exactly. But yeah. yet we got to deal with this chemicals, machinery, um, you know, dangerous goods and all that kind of stuff. But yet you still take our money. Now they've introduced us to, you know, the um the labor hire license, yeah, for contracting and stuff. <laughs> why should I pay for that? Yeah. We're not a we a business, but we're not a skilled business. So why do you need that from us? So uh-huh. well, don't ask us to do anything for the don't put any work over. We're not skilled. Well, you work cover for. Oh, so your staff don't fall. Who cares? They're contractors. If they, oh, yeah, but then that's when they introduce that. You know what I mean? You can get smart with them. Mm. So whatever avenue I threw back at them, no, I've got a mouth and a half on me. Like I mean, I'll argue with you all the time. If I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. If I'm not, okay, this is what you said. Let's let's rectify it by saying that. So you want us to apply, You want us to pay by you know pay our GSTs? That's fine. That's normal. But we're not a registered business. We're a registered business, but we're not under the under that scheme. We're not. um even, in, even insurance now. Oh, detailing's not a not a thing, eh? Uh, they go, we can't cover you for detailing. Why not? Because if you damage the paint. Okay. We're not a, a detailing, we're a car wash. Yeah, we cover car washes. Okay. I didn't, I didn't, um, I left swirls all over the car. The customer complained about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I gave the car polish. I used the wrong abrasive polish by hand and I left scratches on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're covered. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Sorry, my worker washed the car with a cloth that had steel wool on it by accident. So what are you, what are you going to cover? Mm. You know, so there's other <clears throat> concepts to take under consideration. we got, you know, the Schmick pain insurance and you've got, you know, we we almost introduced the insurance policy under the um, AIA insurance where the underwriters went. That's a really good idea. You know, you got a windscreen cover. And car cover to for hire car. Yeah. Go fifty bucks. Charge them extra fifty bucks and do a, you know, a one a claim for a panel for bird shit stains on it or something like that. Paint protection. They go yeah, but they got to have paint protection on there. I go motor one though.
0: They give you the shit it
1: not it last two washes, so you know they're giving a lifetime warranty on it. Why can't you? They go it's do- a good idea. So whether they do that or not, who knows? The dealership put it on. The dealership put it on. <laughs> what bothered me about the dealership as well, they were charging a panel, $100 to $110 a panel to get it reapplied because the insurance company will say to the dealership, hey, they got it from you, so you have to reapply. It. Then they give it to me. Guess how I apply? How much I charge them? Probably half. Nothing. <laughs> Just apply it on the bar and the guard. Whatever, babe. Do I have to polish it? No. So I don't polish it. Then the customer comes back. Oh, I still got buff marks on it. Don't you guys? Don't you guys correct it before you do that? And then I bring it back to me. I said, "You get the buff marks out of it, bro. Right? Take it back to the panel beater. Let yeah. him polish it." Look, like, I was their bitch pretty much. Yeah.
0: All right. Oh, well, uh, it's been pretty good, mate. So, um, I might, I might throw these six stage questions at you just for something different. I don't know if you remember them or not. Can you remember your first ever detailing job?
1: Yeah, the detailing job? Yes. It was bad. I think yeah,
0: everyone's was.
1: You know what I did? I used, I still got it, a Rupes rotary, massive big thing with the biggest disc wall pad. And yeah. I used, a panel used Max's. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Panel Shop One. Use Max's on a Ford Falcon. Is it XC? XC Falcon? Yeah, beige. Sure. Yep. You know, that comes down and you got those two little raised edges there. Right. I looked down inside. Go, That's green, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was green. Oh, my, Tony's, that was Tony's car. I go, how did that get there? Not knowing at all. Not knowing at all what I did. I thought, he goes, all right, just keep going. Look shiny, look shiny. <laughs> so that was his dad's car. And I went, okay, but his dad didn't say anything. And I think ever since then, I never... Never burnt a car. I mean, yeah, I never burnt a car with the rotary after that. The only thing I did do was the uh it's probably James. The only thing I did do was probably um learning with the DA orbital how when you do the when you do the bars. When you do the bars, it moves the paint because obviously it's painted on plastic. So it heats up oh, and yeah. bubbles and moves yeah, it a little bit. So it leaves that I call it the caterpillar, those lines. So yeah, that was um that's the only thing. But yeah, I do remember that. Never forget it. <laughs>
0: uh, Favourite polisher
1: Favourite polisher uh, <laughs> Well It'll probably be Oh that's a hard one too Because when I was introduced to the um To the repairs I kind of used it once and threw it But it would have to be the rotary Yep But now it's the DA Because I've mastered it And I've you know We've, all, we've always reinvented new ways of making it work better.
0: Yeah, no, awesome. And uh, favorite, uh, what's your dream car if you ever wanted to buy one?
1: To be honest with you, I don't have a dream car. You know why? I answer this the same way. I don't have a dream car because I'm never sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't have any. Oh, I mean, I've got a Ford Escort sitting in the back there. I don't even drive that. Yeah. I'm not a materialistic person that needs to have I um I just want people to make money so they can live easier. People don't realize that they're much happier, not worrying about bills rather than worrying about like people have a goal of buying a Ferrari. You know what? How about you focus on buying a first buying a Ford first, then buy a Ferrari? Hmm. So I'm not I haven't gone that far. And I can't justify that much money. So and working on all these cars. To me, it was more of appearance of the car, of the paint, rather than the car. But yeah, I can't even answer that question. I can't. I'm not even gonna lie by saying a Ferrari, because I drive a, I drive a. What is it? SP? What's that? The new uh, hybrid one. I'm not a big car fanatic, too. Yeah. The um SF SF ninety is it? Ferrari. Yeah. Possibly, I'm not a big. Ferrari yeah, yeah. That driver. was a brand new. One. It was worth like two million dollars, something. I didn't know about it. I picked it up from the Zagami's dealership here, just to for a customer to do an interior. He goes, "Come pick it up and drive it." I like, "Yeah, whatever." I didn't know what it was. I drove it. It was really weird. <laughs> Kept it under sixty, and then when I um, when I said, "Hey, come and you know," he goes, "I oh, goes, I'll drive it back." I said, uh, "I can't do it now." He goes, "Really?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Bro, enjoy it. Things worth like two million dollars." I went, "Excuse me, two mil." I'm not driving that thing. I'm not even touching it. My insurance doesn't cover for two mil, so he literally sent the tow truck to come get it. Yeah, <laughs> because you're serious. I'm not driving this thing. I'm telling you. First of all, I can't even get in it. But yeah, I'm not yeah. driving it back. I don't want to. Be, I don't want to be responsible for someone because that's a. There's only like five or ten in Australia. Yeah, right. it's just recently new. Like it's, it's high, um, hybrid. Yep. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Oh, our listeners will probably know what it is. I'm not a huge Ferrari nut. No, it's cool to see one every now and then, but. There's none around where I live.
1: Yeah, yeah. I probably tell people, like, what do you do for a living with the car they drive? They go, oh, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a butcher. I go, yeah, stay a butcher. Buy another one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: uh, favorite detailing tool or a product?
1: My favorite detailing product at the moment, I've got to say, they're right here. Good old Sonax. Yep. Sonax CarMax and Perfect Finish has been a blessing for us in the last, just last eight, nine months. Um. I bought it to support Sonex and then ran out of other polish. So I started using Sonex. It's really, really good. Um, tool, the Tornado is the best tool. Mm. Love it. has dropped my interior cleaning down to from, say, an hour and a half to like 40, 50 minutes. Not even. Wow. And it's not even a Tornado. It's a Cyclone.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah.
1: Cyclone spins a lot faster than a Tornado. Yeah, right. If you saw my videos, it's a turbo one with the turbo noise that I was making.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we've probably talked I need to probably mix this one up because it's the biggest tip for any detail starting out. We've we've probably talked about a lot of things. So
1: Yeah, yeah. Biggest tip for a detail to start out, just make sure you get as much training as you can. Don't sell yourself short to 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 make to make that sale to the customer. Like sometimes that can take that can be the you know the worst thing you could do because you sort of overpromise and underdeliver rather than underdeliver, sorry, rather than under um, underpromise and overdeliver. You just keep make sure that the price does not matter with the work that you do. So whatever you negotiate in price, don't go as far as that price takes you. Go as far as your experience takes you. You, you know what I mean? Like make sure you you know if it's 200 dollars don't just go oh, you charge 350 and you're gonna go go shorter don't you charge 350 and you negotiate to 200 just to make that money because you need it for some reason do the 350 job because that 200 will be reinvested with their mouth they're happy to spend 200 the next person so I know you did as a favor and just don't let people take advantage of you mm. all right and my main thing here at the moment I haven't I haven't checked my Google reviews I I put a message out there to go on Google review. I mean, to give me a review, but I really don't care about Google reviews. A lot of people, you know, do believe in that. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but if you work from your heart and you've done the best you can, they're going to give you a bad one anyway. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you do a good job and you think it's good and they don't like it, they're going to give you a bad review because you charge them too much or they're not happy with something that that they didn't pay to do. It's it's really hard because that's that's one of the things that I teach guys when they come to training, like you've got to understand it's the excitement of detailing, got your own business, you know, you wake up, you go do it, and then you'll come home. Cause everyone in business to start. Well, your first job, you're wearing your heart on your sleeve, mate. Mm. Okay. You wanna make a mark. But then you realise that doesn't matter how much you try, you understand that people aren't all the same. They're not your mum or your dad. So you know, and your mum will say, hey, don't do this because that's what happens, okay? So, yeah, thanks, mum. Someone else is going to say, hey, don't do this because you do that again, I'll punch you in the head. <laughs> yeah? You know what my favourite is? You know what my favourite is before we go on to the next question? My favourite is, hey, we were talking about this yesterday. It was the funniest. Do my car, look after me with price, and I'll get you more work or I'll get my whole family to do their cars. I've heard that. Yeah. So here's a tip for you. When people say that to you, say, beautiful. Every time you send me a customer, oh, so I'll charge you a thousand bucks now, and every time you bring me a customer... Okay, I will take off money on your maintenance wash. So get them to drop your name and I'll take 20 bucks off. There you go. Don't take off $300 because it's going to get you more work. Because you know what? 10 out of 10, that ain't come.
0: Nope.
1: My wife is right here. Do you know how many of my family members have come and got their car detailed here? None. Oh, none. None. (laughs) None. I haven't washed my mom's car. And do not do cars for your friends or your family because you think you're learning on them. They're the ones that will just have issues with you. Mm. Get a customer because that will literally wipe the floor with you, okay? And then you're going to pay for it to fix it. You fix it. You learn that valuable lesson. Then you know, I shouldn't have done that. I knew I should have stopped when it went before it went through. I'm never going to do that again. I need more practice. High bill from the detail market. Can you teach me how to do this? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're only going to learn from your mistake. And people, when people like one guy burned through the car here, I told him, it's okay, man. I'm glad you did that because you will never do that again. Mm. And I know for a fact they'll never do that again because they've become very precautious and realize how quick it is. If anything, I want them to burn through. On the panel, guys, not the cars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got one more. Uh, interest, interests outside of detail.
1: Uh, honestly, my garden man, I was there today. Cut right. the grass. My grass is nice and green. So I was growing my fruits and vegetables. When I'm in the backyard, it's nothing but the wind, seriously, the birds. And my wife yelling at the kids through the window. <laughs> <laughs> you know that when from the from the back window, because the kitchen window, she'll just talk to me in this tone and I can hear it clearly. So, but when I talk back, because obviously the so I think it's the wind that travels down clearly. But when I talk back, she can't hear. So my neighbor once said, he goes, Bill, he goes, your wife yelled at your kids to sit down so loud that I sat down. That's <laughs> 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 the truth. Dom did say that. It was the funniest. They were very young. They were very young and naughty. But he goes, it was just, the way he said it was funny. It was really funny. But yeah, now I enjoy my garden, like spending time with the kids. When I get a chance, the kids, you know, obviously, I'll be honest here, yeah, they, you know, half the time they annoy the crap out of me, but that's them. And I was no, my wife, my mom said to me, she goes, you are a lot worse than what your kids are now. <laughs> I was like a firecracker, jumping. Oh, man, I never sat down. <laughs> and my nickname is Trouble Baker. Trouble Baker. <laughs> Not Trouble Maker, Trouble Baker. Thank you.
0: <laughs> oh, well, on that note, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. And awesome. thanks heaps for your time, Bill. So, Thank um, you for having
1: me, Dale. It's been a pleasure. No,
0: nah, it's been good to finish off the year, especially with you, and all it's that's all happened. And, um, yeah, for figure you are in industry in australia i think it's it's, it's you're a very cool addition to what we're, we're doing here so it's been awesome and i'll every time i've got a few hours delay at the aer- airport i can just slip down to hundred percent right yeah
1: perfect forward what's the address buddy 14 barry road telemarine that's it <laughs> all right dale thank you again so, look forward to speaking to you soon now nah. cheers thanks Alrighty. everyone bye bye see you guys bye
0: That was another episode of the Detailing Down Under podcast. Subscribe now for everything auto detailing in Australia.